Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Ministry. Thank you for joining us once again this week to another, another glorious week. Um, we were off vacation last week, so uh, we hope that you all still got into God's Word to, um, to learn something. This week, God has something profound. But those of you who are turning your lives over to, to Christ or maybe contemplating it and not sure of what this walk with Christ entails or how much is invested, how much is needed, how long the, 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 you know, the wait for this, this process and that process. God's got a, a profound word for, for, for you today, for all of us today, actually. So we're going to get into the word. And again, we thank you for joining us here at the House of David Ministry. I'm Pastor Keith Allen. And we welcome and thank you for joining us right now. Um, we're going to go, come out of Matthew chapter 5, but before we get started, I want to go ahead and give thanks and honor to God through prayer. So, without further ado, bow our heads, clear our minds. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, dear Lord God, for this blessed day in which you have given unto us, dear Lord God, helping us, each and every one of us, make it through the night, dear Lord God, waking us up this morning in the name of Jesus, dear Lord God. We thank you for it. We thank you for your mighty word working within us, dear Lord God, and this word in which you have for us today, dear Lord God, to help those, dear Lord God, who are seeking you, dear Lord God, to know what your, your word truly says, dear Lord God, not to mislead them, dear Lord God, not to confuse them, but to make everything clear and to speak 
the truth of your gospel. We thank you for your mighty word. We pray for the humble hearts and minds out there that come before you right now, dear Lord God, to hear your word. We ask in the name of Jesus that you increase them with understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. Discernment, dear Lord God. We pray, dear Lord God, for spiritual gifts from each and every one of us, dear Lord God. We pray in the name of Jesus, dear God, that we can increase ourselves through you, dear Lord God, to do your works, dear Lord God, and for we know what we do for you is for the body of Christ as well, dear Lord God. And we thank you for the, the Lord God being our God, being there for us, forever increasing us, caring for us, loving us, and being our God. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you for this mighty word. Amen. So, the title of today's message is Saved and Salvation. And Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 17. And to get a landscape of all this, you know, right before that, um, Jesus was talking about uh, we are the salt of the earth, we are the light, you know, um, of the world. And these things he pointed out saying, don't hide yourself, don't lose your flavor, don't lose that zeal, that that drive you have for God because you're making yourself a living sacrifice for God and you need to have, as he says in his sacrifices, a sweet savor that flows up to him. So you can't lose your salt, you can't lose that zeal that's within you that drives you. Okay, and the light that Christ and the Holy Spirit that shines within you, everyone in the world will see it shine through. But how do we get there? How do we get to all this stuff? God is saying, there's something that you need to understand about his word, about who he is and how he operates. Not how man operates, but how God operates. God operates and he, he gives us some great things. And he wants us to know that he is God, okay? God is an awesome God, and he wants to share that with us in the simplest form. Again, he's not the author of confusion, so he breaks it down to us very cleanly here. In verse 17, again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 is where we're starting. He says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law, or the prophets, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, here's the thing. When you stop right there, you say he, he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. So, again, God is saying his, his word is his word and is everlasting. So it cannot be taken away. Okay? And why does he need to fulfill it? And I'm going to jump over, Okay? And there's something that happened when Jesus got baptized. And this is what John said to, to Jesus. And I'm, and I'm reading out of chapter 3 here of Matthew. So you don't have to turn there. But chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbid him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. He comest thou to me? John said, I, I need you to baptize me. You trying to ask me to baptize you? John is baffled right now. And Jesus answered, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. 
And this is why. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness. Then he suffered him. So he's fulfilling righteousness. What is the law then? It's he's fulfilling righteousness. Is not the law righteous? He's saying he's fulfilling it so that we can we can obtain something though. So back over to Matthew chapter five. Okay? So he says here he has not come to destroy but to fulfill. Okay? Verse eighteen. For I for verily I say unto thee, until he says, till heaven in earth pass, one jot or one little, one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. I mean, the law shall not change. It, it, it is what it is. Till all be fulfilled, till everything is fulfilled, has come to pass. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus came to fulfill this so that we didn't break it. Because he doesn't want us cast down. He, wanted us, he wants us raised up. This is how great our God is. This is how much he loves us. He's saying, yeah, I got a law out there, and I want you to, to follow it. But guess what? I know it's hard. I know some people deem it impossible to do so. But God said, okay, I got a plan. I got a plan for you to get all this taken care of. What does he do? Sends his son. The law is fulfilled. And what happens? We are not under grace, okay? We're under grace, and we're going to get to that that just in a minute. So, in verse 20, the last, last scripture here in Matthew 5 I want to read. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he's saying their righteousness is of something else. Their righteousness is of man. Their righteousness is of something that they have made up along the way, and that's what mankind does. So we have to put ourselves above those standards in which they're trying to set. The righteousness of God is much greater. It's not beneath man's laws. It's above it, Okay? So now, if everyone could now turn over to Romans chapter 10, please. Romans chapter 10. I'll give you a minute to get there, but this is very important. Now, he said he came to fulfill it, fulfill it righteousness. And this is how simple it is to come to God, to come to Christ, to turn your life over to Christ. God doesn't need us stepping up to the altar each and every week to do this. 
He's saying, come to me one time. Do what is needed, but when you do it, mean it. Don't halfway do it. Don't think, eh, I might, I'm not sure, or, you, you know, you put your foot in the water, you want to test to see if it's cold or hot. God don't need all that. If you're going to come, then come. That's what he's saying. So here, Romans chapter 10, he says in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, we know when Christ came, it was not just for Israel. It was for everyone. And, they, and God wants everyone to be saved. Everyone. So he says here in verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So they don't have an understanding of what God's, God's whole you know, purpose is for us. He says here in verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, being ignorant of his law, which Jesus has already fulfilled. So, being ignorant of his righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, their own laws, which is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees had done. They went to establish their own laws, rules, and regulations. Okay? Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And what did Jesus tell them? They managed to make sure all their rules and regulations, their laws, were taking care of all their little festivities and customs and, and everything were followed to a T, but they had forgotten God's law. Exactly what Jesus told them. And look here, it's being said again in Romans. Verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Righteousness to everyone that believes. So the fulfillment of the law so that you're not hindered to go into this walk with God. You are no longer bound, shackled, oppressed to say that this thing is hard to do because of all of these laws. Jesus fulfilled righteousness. He fulfilled the law. So within that righteousness, we're, all you've got to do is believe upon it. Now, here's where God works. This is how he works. Check this out. Verse 5. Verse 5 says this. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law. The righteousness which is of the law, right? That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. So now Jesus has taken that righteousness and fulfilled that righteousness. Now, verse 6, but the righteousness which is of faith, which is a different thing, speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Again, we always tell each other, we have no heaven or hell to put nobody in. We don't know where anyone is going. So we have to leave all that up to God. Yeah, I know we want to hear the, the 
the, the good news that someone's in a better place when they pass away. And, I, and I'm just keeping it real because we don't know what God has planned for anyone, any one of us, okay? It's according to our faith and that righteousness of our faith when we pass on to the, to the other side. And we, none of us have a measuring stick to measure that, the faith of that righteousness. We don't have, we don't have that. So he's saying here, don't sit here and consider what ascends into heaven. And in verse 7, he also says, or shall be descended from the depth that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is close to thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Now get this in verse, verses 9 through 17 is going to be very important for you to understand here. Because through these verses, again, it's how you're saved and where you get salvation from. And God, like I said, has made it very, very simple to do so. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's in John 3, verses 17 through, through eight, uh, 19. Right there. Confess with your mouth. Okay? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believing in him, knowing that he is. And shall believe in your heart that the power of God himself, the hand of God, Raised him from the dead. You're saved. You don't have to go to no Bible course, uh, the church new uh, Christian seminary to to be saved and learn how to be saved. Simple step. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Meaning, you know who he is. He's the living word of God. So you have to believe in God's word, believe in God's promises, believe in whatever God says to be so is so because he spoke everything into existence. So everything that you see, God made it so. So his word itself created the trees, the grass, the birds, the bees, us, the earth. Everything you see around you, God created so you have to believe in his word to know that it is true. It is a living word. It's all around us in all of our lives. Everything that we see, the buildings, the houses, the cars, everything God made so. We think that we came up with the technology, but God is the one that placed the thoughts of, 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 of knowledge and understanding of the sciences within us. So his word still created whatever we Manipulated to be so. Know that he is, and you shall be saved. Confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. 
You see, that's up, I told you. Coming to Christ is not hard. You're saved that easily. Confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing that God's power, his might, raised him from the dead. Saved. Salvation. How do you get salvation? Right here, verse 10. For with the heart, now you've already known with the heart, the, the, the power of God. Man, with, for with the heart, man believeth of, unto righteousness. Believes in the word of God. Again, the law is still that righteousness that you believe in, but it's already have been fulfilled through Christ. So now Christ is our law. He is the one that saves us. And believing in him, we are saved. And I'm going to read that again. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Is that not the same step? Your, your, your salvation comes through you being saved through your faith and your belief and your confession that God is God and Jesus is the Lord. Saved and salvation, right there. That's how easy God is, people. He's not some new system at work you need to try to figure out that's going to take you three months of training. He's not something that tells you, oh, well, you, 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 you'll get this. Just go to, go to school for the next four to eight years and get this, and then you'll, you'll, you'll be master at it. You, you're never going to master God. We, we just hope to increase ourselves in him each and every day, each and every hour, each and every year of our lives that we're alive. We pray and hope that we can increase in the spirit of God to know more of him. There's no mastery to it, but knowing that you don't have to get to the mastery level to be saved. Stop thinking that, oh, I need to be a Christian for 20, 30 years to be saved. No. Do as that, that thief on the cross did. He confessed with his mouth saying that he was guilty, knowing that he was guilty, and he said that Jesus is Lord. He knew the power that lived in him, and what did Jesus tell him? He will reign with him in heaven. He would not forget him because the thief asked him not to. That's how easy it is, people, to be saved. Body of Christ is not that hard. Stop allowing people to Dig a ditch and throw you in and tell you to climb out. If you can climb out, then you're saved. That's not how God works. God's saying, come to me. You are saved. Now let's work on this thing called grace and show you how it truly works. Get into my word. Let me, let me show you what grace is, what salvation is, what it really means to be saved and how your life changes through the word of God and by God and through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit directs us, it guides us, it teaches us. Now remember in his word he says, we were under the law because it was our schoolmaster because we needed it at the time. But now I told you, Christ is now our new law. And what did he send us? He sent us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides us. 
The Holy Spirit is now our schoolmaster. It teaches us right from wrong. It tells us discernment of the spirits. That's how God works. Verse 11. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon the Lord and you're saved, meaning believe in him. Because if you call on him, you've got to believe in him, that he is. So when you're calling on him, you're saying that I believe in him. Please help me. So now you are saved when you're calling on the Lord. Verse, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? You just said it. You can't call on something you don't believe in. If you don't think it's true, you don't think it exists, how can you call upon that thing? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? If no one has told you about it, how can you truly believe it? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And I'm going to say teacher because that's what Christ is. That's what the Holy Spirit is, a teacher to show us the way. What, do a te- what does a teacher or professor do? They show us how things are done. And that's what Christ came to do. He came to show us how things are fulfilled. He came to fulfill the law. He came to take away sins, transgressions. And he showed us how that was done. Now he's still trying to show us how we live righteousness through our faith. Not by the law, but through faith itself. So take your bylaws, take your customs and your traditions, pack them in a bag, set them on the curve, and allow the trash man to take them away because they're no longer part of your life. Christ is your life. He is the righteousness that dwells within your faith. And that faith in which you have in his righteousness is your salvation and how you are saved. Not how you want to step through this life. Verse 15 again. And how shall they preach except they be sent to do so? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach or teach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now, I know you guys have heard this message before as far as the scripture. And let me tell you, this ain't about no prosperity preaching or teaching, okay? The prosperity is within God's word itself, the blessings that God has already given unto you in your life, and if you allow them to manifest themselves and work within you, then you will see the blessings that were already there just growing. It ain't about the works you put in or the deeds you do that get you the blessings. When you are saved and you're working through your salvation in Christ, you've already been blessed. Allow that blessing to 
to work and let the world see that blessing. That's how the blessing shines brighter and brighter. That's an increase of a blessing. That's what it is. Good things. Verse 16, I'm almost done here. And this is, this is, again, this is God speaking here. But they have not all obeyed the gospel because they're preaching and teaching the wrong things. They're telling you prosperity it is, new house, new, new, new car, new job, new this, get this, get that. That's not the gospel. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and what? All its righteousness. And all that stuff will be added unto you. All this stuff that you claim is a blessing. Don't seek a blessing if you have not sought out God first. Don't seek a blessing if you have not known Christ or even heard truly what Christ can do or what he died for. We're, we're preaching the wrong things out here saying that Christ Die for this and die for that so we can be blessed, so we can be blessed. No, he died for our salvation. He died for us so that we can be saved. Making it into heaven is a blessing. Make, being saved is a blessing. Salvation, grace, and mercy are blessings. Why? Grace, salvation, mercy endure forever. Your job does not endure forever. That new car does not endure forever. That home you want to purchase does not endure forever. Remember this. God's will for his people is to be astute students of his word, to be diligent in seeking him, to know who he is and how he operates what his word says, not what man says. But they have not obeyed, not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Because apparently people have been taught these things, these wrong doctrines for so long. When the truth finally comes through Christ, and although all of his followers that came behind him, no one wants to believe it. They still want to believe in that old system. They got them nowhere. You want to believe in this person, this Pharisee, this preacher, this apostle, this whatever you want to call that person. You want to believe in them so much because you invested in that person. But you need to invest in you and then put that investment that you invest in yourself into the body of Christ, not into man. Not into man because we, we as man, we, we are wrong every day. And as it says to confess with your mouth, we have a very hard time forgiving we have a very hard time confessing our, our our faults and our guilts. So if we have a hard time confessing our faults and our guilts of our own, of ourselves, then how then 
do we find it odd that forgiveness is a very hard thing for the human uh the human condition to 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 uh fathom because when you confess your sins God say he's forgiving you that means you're taking that weight of forgiveness off yourself because when you when you hold on to a guilt when you hold on to a, a shame I would say you're holding on to unforgiveness of your own self and don't even know it so when someone else asks for forgiveness from us now we have a hard time forgiving them forgiveness is around the board but because we can't confess our own faults we fall short and without the confession without you open up your mouth I'm not talking about sitting there in silence I mean opening up your mouth and telling God that you're sorry for this and this and that or telling your brother your sister I forgive you for this and this and that we have fallen short of God's grace and his mercy because we have not confessed to ourselves we have not forgiven one another we have not confessed that Jesus is Lord if we're holding something in of ourselves and of others when you come to partake in Christ you come to partake in what he calls that last supper what you all want to call communion and let me tell you something in 1 Corinthians it tells you when you go to that communion which technically God had also given me a, a, a revelation on that as well that I have to share because it's very important about your salvation and your and your and being saved. That communion is not only a representation of the body of Christ, and I know we do it with a cracker and a sip of wine. But if you truly read God's word, communion is supposed to be a an entire meal that you sit down and honor God for his mercy and his grace for Passover. For what saving you, for saving us, showing his salvation for his only begotten son. In remember in remembrance of him do we do this. It should be an entire meal. And it says, Do not come to that meal with guilt, unforgiveness, or anything like that in your heart, because now you you put judgment upon yourself. You Cause yourself damnation. Now you're not saved because there's unforgiveness in you. God showed forgiveness. He showed mercy and grace through the Passover. And that's what communion is supposed to be. Mercy, grace, salvation, saved. Last verse, and I'm going to leave it with this. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Why? Because without it, you cannot confess that Jesus is Lord because you have not heard of Christ. You don't know him. And once you know him, then you can cry out to him and confess to him 
that everything that you have wrong with you, you are laying it before him. And he's like, okay, I've already covered that, but you're giving me yours now. He's saying, I've taken every sin and I've put it upon the cross. But we need to understand what he, God is saying to us. He's got a, 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 a category up there, okay, on the cross. Adultery, bigotry, envy, thievery, murder, whatever it is. He's got it up on the cross, okay? But what God is telling us is to take our sins and confess them, and then now we're accounted for right there on the cross. But if we never confess them, then our sins still lie with us. You're not saved because you haven't confessed that Jesus is Lord and that he did that for you. So until you confess it and say that Jesus is Lord and please forgive me of this sin and speak out that sin that you have done, it cannot be accounted for. He's like, okay, uh, John, confess the sins. Chalk him off. He's up there. Sally, she did the same. Confess, she's up there. Tasha, um, she didn't say anything, so uh, she's on her own. She's still holding hers. James, he did his. We'll put him up there. He confessed his his uh, his envy, his anger, and all this stuff, so he's accounted for. But when you hold it in, it can't be accounted for on the cross. All the sin is accounted for on the cross, but the ones who did not confess it, it's not there. Because you remember when Christ was walking, a lot of people came to him confessing. And he said, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill the law. And when he fulfilled it, now it is up to us to embrace it and say, I accept that. If you're going to do all the work for me, Lord, thank you. I don't have to do that. All I have to do is tell you what I did wrong and it's accounted for. But some of us, we're in our envy just like Adam. Well, you know, I wouldn't have done that. If that's not confessing. That's complaining and that's pointing a finger. A confession is asking for, as John the Baptist said, repent and thou shalt be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he had died on the cross for your sins, that the power of God raised him from the dead on the third day. And you are saved. You're saved. Why? Because you're saved from the sins that you are holding in on yourself. The faith of your righteousness rests with your confession. The faith of your righteousness rests with your belief in the power of God and his word. That's what it takes to be saved, people. It does not take a course it doesn't take summer Bible study. It takes you confessing these things to God himself, of yourself, and all the other guilt that you may be holding within. All the other things are added unto us in God's word so that we may be found faultless and that we may be combative of the spirits that, that dwell 
dwell throughout this world in this plane, that we may combat them and fight them without any weaknesses. So every other thing that we do within God's word is supposed to build upon us, not break us down, not hold us down. It's supposed to elevate us. God's word is to, is to increase. So when you confess, when you turn your life over to Christ, and I pray in the name of Jesus right now that those who are on the line who are hearing who have not done so, go into a prayer closet, go somewhere and pray to yourselves, Privately to God, confess what you need to confess, and if you need to confess it to someone else, hey, confess it. But the point is, get your life right. All you got to do is confess that thing that's holding you back, and you will see your 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 life skyrocket in Christ. You will see that you will see many manifestations start to blossom, because within God, spring is all the time. There's growth all the time in God. There's there is no no uh season of lack. There is no season of 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 weakness. There's no season of 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 drought or anything like that. Know who God is, confess it, continue on in your ways in Christ and be blessed through your faith, not your works, not your deeds. Not what someone else tells you that you need to do to be blessed. Blessing comes through your faith and the obedience and the sacrifice of God's word in your life. May God bless you all, keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.